Hello friends. Wanted to do a quick little update. Um, I had my half marathon um, a couple of weeks ago. It went really well. Um, one of the things though was I thought I was actually training on the trail that I was going to be running on. Um, for those of you who don't know, we have only recently moved down south in uh, the last it's been a little over a year. It'll be it'll be two years this upcoming January. So we're still kind of getting to know the city and the area. There's a lot of trails for running. Uh, some of them are paved and some of them are like crushed cinder and things like that. I thought I was training on the one for my long runs uh, that we were running. I was going to be running on. I was not. So <laughs> that was a bit of a surprise because I was like, wait. Um, this isn't where I thought I was going to be. So either way, not as flat as I thought it was going to be. I mean, it wasn't crazy sort of highs and lows. Um, some of you guys that know me, uh, I'm originally from the Northeast. So running in any of those half marathons and races, you're bound to hit a whole bunch of hills and just craziness and what have, um, not a huge amount of trail races and things like that, especially where I was from. So all in all, you know, got up stupid early. I think we, we got up around three 30. We left her around four because then you had to catch a shuttle bus. Um, and then kind of wait, I did not get a parking pass. And actually I don't know that I would get a parking pass. I mean, I don't know. I have to think about it for next year because I'm probably going to do the same race next year. It was a good race. There was um, a lot of really great volunteers. Um, the aid stations were really, really uh, super well stocked. Uh, the best part of any race is always the, the volunteers and, and not even the volunteers. I mean, they're amazing people, but it's like the spectators who sit there and make signs, um, even for people that they, they don't know. You know, like I, I saw a guy had a sign, um, it was just a piece of cardboard and it said, if it was easy, I'd be doing it. And it was a great thing to see. And, um, you know, I had my nutrition and hydration super on point. I was really strict this time around. And I think that's from the fact that, you know, we've all been dealing with, uh, Corona, COVID lockdowns things being canceled, anything from, from races to, you know, shows you really wanted to go see, um, appearances, things like that. And I think before this pandemic had happened, I had, was a little bit more laxed about my training. Cause I was just like, eh, it's just a race, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a professional athlete. So I'm just going to go out there and have fun. And I felt like this time around, I was like, wow, it's been, it's been two years since I've essentially trained specifically for a race and I wasn't super consistent with, uh, tr training at all. When COVID first happened, I think when we first went through it, we had that first, you know, two weeks, we're going to flatten the curve thing where I think a lot of us were super hopeful and we kind of said, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to chill out and we're going to watch Netflix and, um, order takeout and drink way too much. And I think a lot of us got kind of caught up in that. I know I certainly did because, you know, I put on about 25 pounds over the pandemic, um, which is not my racing weight. 
you know, I think when you start working out, you got to learn what, what your solid weight is. And that, that's, that's up to the individual. It's where you feel good at. I've seen some runners who are way bigger than me that can destroy me pace wise. And I've seen some, you know, really, really rail thin ones that sometimes don't have the energy to, to really do it to it kind of end up hurting themselves. So you have to find like a, a nice in between, but I wanted to just give you an update on that. You know, I did have a bit of a sort of a, a snafu that happened. Um, every so often, not at every aid station, there's like these porta potties. And of course you're running a half marathon. So at some point, you know, you're hydrating, you're going to have to pee. Um, excuse me. It's early guys. Um, so I didn't stop at the first aid station because I was like, no, I'm fine. I haven't even touched my hydration yet. Um, so at the second one, when I got to it, I was like, oh, I really got to pee. So I go to pee and like, I go, I'm trying to make it as quick as possible. First off, you can't, there's, there's a line. Um, it's, it's a bit of a pain in the ass. Get in there, get out, hand sanitize. Um, and then I, I started going and I had like this crazy sort of brain fart, like, Where's my phone? And I thought, oh shit, did I drop my phone in the porta potty? And like, I literally ran back to the porta potty and like checked, and I was like, Wait, where's my phone? And I think it was just that I was so sort of delusional from having to get up like super early, and you know, with the, the excitement of all that, I, I totally forgot my fucking my phone was attached to my arm. You know, like I have one of those like like sleeve things that you put on so like i i really sort of fucked up like 10 minutes of my my race with just having this sort of brain fart of oh shit like i've lost my phone that would have been the worst if i would have if i would have dropped my fucking phone in a porta potty i probably would have just crawled up in a ball in a ball and died but it's so stupid because like i can still hear my music and I know that like when I get to a certain, you know, on my Bluetooth, or I get a certain amount and my, my music just starts sounding funny, you know, and my music sounded fine. And I was like, why did I do that? And it could just be that I was like halfway through the race and just the excitement of it all. Um, Cause I think that that aid station was around mile six, give or take. Um, so yeah, so there was that. There was a couple of times where I just had to walk a bit I wasn't really trying to uh, break any records. I wasn't really trying to break any PRs. I, I wasn't trying to even place in my age group. This was a massive race with thousands of, of runners who clearly this is like their life. And I honestly was just like, I just want to finish this well and feel pretty good about it afterwards. So I uh, made my own hydration drink, the hibiscus stuff that I talk about. I didn't bring any, you know, like food or anything with me. I did eat um, in the morning, like a good Jewish girl. I had some challah <laughs> and like a good New Yorker. I had some coffee, but I had it coffee and, and New Yorkers will know this one. I had light and sweet. Like I was just like, I'm just going to do some old school bodega type thing. And just, I never put cream and sugar in my coffee. And I was like, you know what? This is the morning. 
that I'm going to do that. So I had um, a couple pieces of challah and uh, coffee, light and sweet, and um, and a banana, which I, I fucking hate bananas, but like bananas are my life right now because I'm a runner. Um, I did pack some like boiled potatoes with me, but the problem is I made the stupid mistake of putting them in the freezer thinking I was going to keep them cold and then they get that weird pithy thing. So now I know don't do that because like potatoes have a lot of potassium and I had salted them. So they kind of gave me more sodium. So for next time, I think what I'm going to actually do is I might try actually dehydrating them with salt. We have like a dehydrator and uh, I think I'm going to try that. And you're probably thinking like, what does this have to do with apocalypse fitness? Well, it has to do a lot with it. Um, you know, for millions of years as a people, we have spent most of our time running or walking in the woods. And sometimes when you get to trail running, people always ask, oh, do you run the whole thing? And it's like, hmm, if you're doing like an ultra marathon, you're not running the whole thing. A lot of times you're not. You're picking and choosing when you're running because that's that's the safe thing to do. So I you know, do intervals of running and walking, help save my knees and my hips, and I still finish in a pretty decent time as long as I have my interval timer on my phone and I go about it that way. And you know, that's that's called the the Jeff Galloway run walk method. He has a couple of books. You can also find a lot of his stuff online. I actually got to meet his group there. He's actually going to be in uh, my city uh, sometime around in May. So I have to figure out when that is because I would love to meet that guy. Um, you know, so. What that has to do with apocalypse fitness is that um, you have to be able to run and walk and you have to kind of be able to put yourself through things. I think that a lot of the times as humans, especially if you live um, in the States or in, um, I believe they call it the UE now, the European Union, um, Australia, you know, Japan, places like that, we live a much cushier life than our ancestors did. We don't always sort of push ourselves. And I think sometimes these races, especially when you get past like the 5k, you know, you start going into the 10k, um, 20k, and then you get into like half marathons and marathons and ultras. That's, that's connecting you back to sort of who our ancestors used to be, um, running after prey and then having to walk a bit and then running after prey again. Um, So I think it's a really good connection. It's a good way to push yourself. Um, once again, I'm not a doctor. So before you go off and sign up for something, you know, go see your doctor, have a realistic uh, talk with them. If your doctor is sort of being a dick, just remember, you can always shop for a doctor. Like all of my doctors very much understand, including my neurologist, um, very much understand that this is what I do. So either you're going to come along for the ride and help me out with it, um, or you're going to get out of my way. And I think it's really important to sort of push yourself for that. So went really well. By the end of it, though, my hip was killing me. I was done. Um, I did get to have a, uh, a hard cider, a few slices of pizza, kind of just sat on the, the ground 
eating. I got a chocolate milk, or as I call it, a chalky milk. Um, and then took my ass home because I knew if I waited too, too long, um, things were really going to start stiffening up. So soon after the race, when I got home, uh, it was about half an hour to get home. You know, I did a little bit of foam rolling, uh, took a shower and proceeded to just sit down and sort of hydrate. You'd be surprised how not super hungry you are. Like through, it takes a little bit, like right after the race, you're kind of like, oh shit, I'm starving. But then after you've waited a little bit, your body's still in this sort of like running mode where you're not really in the mood to eat. And um, then I was sort of hobbling around the house. What was really surprising, um, oh, and just so you know, I we got Mexican food that night. I wanted like a massive steak burrito and like nachos and, and beer. And that's essentially what I ate. My wife kept trying to like feed me more and more and more. And I was like, babe, there's only so much I can put in my stomach. Um, you know, and like, this is like a big meal. Like this is like thousands of calories. And she's kind of like, oh, you just burned thousands of calories. It's true. I did. I burned a lot of calories. Um, but, you know, you have to listen to your body. So I had my burritos, had my nachos, had my beer. And just sort of rested. Kept my feet up. Um, I was super swollen. And that's something that happens from carb loading. And also happens just from you kind of beating up your body a little bit. Your body immediately starts to sort of send inflammation to your muscles and your joints to protect it. So it sort of like pushes a bunch of water there. So when I woke up that morning, I was at a certain weight. And <clears throat> when I woke up the next morning after the race, I was five pounds heavier. And that's, that's pretty common, you know? And then you notice as you're hydrating and sort of eating normal-ish, um, you know, cause like even the day after I didn't really eat like, I mean, I ate a lot of vegetables and stuff like that because when you're carb loading, you're not eating a huge amount of fiber, you're eating a lot of carbs and not a lot of fat. So I really, really needed some vegetables and I really needed some fats and I kind of ate that. Um, but by like three or four days in, I was back down to my regular weight. Um, so that was, you know, something that you have to realize. And I don't want you to do a race and then you're like, oh, I just did all this and I should totally be thinner now. That's not how the body works. Um, weight loss is not linear ever. If we could just get from A to B with weight loss, we'd be all over it. It's not, it doesn't ever happen that way. So don't be too hard on yourself. But um, by the next day, my legs hurt significantly less. So what I did was went for a walk. And I proceeded to go for a walk pretty much every day, like a half hour walk every day, did foam rolling, did stretches. And right now we're at the second week recovery. So today I'm going to go do like a 20 minute run, not anything crazy, just a nice, easy jog. Um, and then, you know, tomorrow I'll go for a walk Wednesday, go for another run Thursday, a walk Friday, a run, and then take the weekend off. The wife and I, we went for a bit of a walk, um, this past Sunday, nothing too, too crazy, you know, just to get out into nature and, and stretch my legs. So you know, I think the important part of any kind of training or fitness is realizing what happens before and after that. So I was really pleasantly surprised um, 
that that was much easier than I recall a lot of my other races being. Because I've done quite a few half marathons. And it wasn't... My recoveries weren't always that good. Like, I know I always have IT band issues, so I'm very aware of it. But I think it's important to, if you're going to start with any kind of training plan, start realistically. Give yourself a bit of grace um, in what you're doing. And give yourself time. Like, it makes more sense to do little things every day than it is to do massive amounts of things once in a while. So if all you can do is go for a 15-minute walk for part of your lunch break, do that. Do that for three months and see what kind of changes you feel in your body. You may not see a huge amount of changes in your body. You're going to feel different, though. Um, and then just do these small incremental changes. I have this week left over for recovery week. And then the third week, I kind of just get back into running. I do not have any races scheduled for the summer. I live in the South. There is going to come a time where the humidity is un fucking bearable so i'll be running very early in the morning um to get my runs in but it's not going to be anything crazy um i did pick another half in november my wife has a half in october um i've mentioned this before to some people that we never run the same race and the reason for that is that um one we do not have a huge amount of friends that live near us um i have a lot of friends they all live back in the Northeast. Um, so I don't have like a race crew. I don't have people that, you know, I can kind of rely on to remind me to do stuff. So I kind of have, we kind of have to rely on each other. So for my wife's race, I will be the one carrying the bag, carrying the recovery blanket when I throw it on her and when she's done, um, I'll be the one that scopes out the water, you know? So one of the other things I've been working on is sort of this list to help the other person, to help the race crew helper <laughs> sort of pinpoint what they need to be doing um, to help the runner out. Because the runner is doing their job. Like the runner is doing the thing. And sometimes it's hard. Like I said, I thought I lost my fucking phone. Like I, at some point you just get mildly delusional. And the higher races you get, the more delusional you probably will get. But, um, you know, so I did pick a race in November, which means I start training in July, which is not, it's also end of July. End of July, August down here, it's fucking hot. So I will be training very early in the morning. Uh, same thing with my wife. She actually starts training the day before. I believe I start training. And um, then we'll be doing our long runs together um, on the trails and things like that um, at completely different paces because she's just much faster than I am. She's much younger than I am. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like, I, I think I've just gotten to the point in my 40s where the only person I'm competing with is, is me and, like, my mental health. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to, to sort of share that with you guys because I'm sort of reading this book. It's, it's called, like... Hold on, let me grab it. I'll tell you exactly what the title is here mental training for ultra running i'd love to run an ultra one day so an ultra marathon is essentially 
anything over a marathon. So usually the first step of that is like a 50K. So that's like 31 miles. I would love, love, love to do that. That takes a lot of time and um, training and organizing. So anyway, I'm reading this book and it kind of comes up. It's like one of those, like, it's written by someone who has a PhD in sports psychology. So there's like these questions you have to answer as to why you run. Which I think like in my 20s, I think I just ran because like it was exercise and I wanted to look cute. And as you get older, your reasons sort of change. And, you know, one of the the things that it does, it's like, you know, what what is the reasoning behind your why? Like what drives you? And I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I was telling her, I said, sometimes I think I do things out of spite. Like, because there was huge amounts of people in my life parent-wise and family-wise that were not supportive in anything. And I think some people want to see you fail. And I just refuse to do that. Like, I refuse to let my mental illnesses, you know, I have PTSD, I have anxiety, um, I get panic attacks, um, I have some issues, you know, I survived childhood abuse. And just because it's over doesn't mean it's over. I still have to deal with those issues, you know, like, I have a psychiatrist, I have a talk therapist, it's a thing that you have to do constantly. And sometimes not sometimes, I know, I know that I use running to help with my mental illness. I've also never been ashamed. Well, I should rephrase that. I am no longer ashamed of the damage that was done to me and how I have to live my life now. And I think the thing that helps a lot of people with uh, mental health issues is trying to find a thing. And I know it's a bitch because like, you know, your, your shrink and your, your therapists have told you this, right? Go for a walk, do this, put on music, um, you know, dance, whatever the case may be. Um, when my, my psych, my psychiatrist actually saw me like soon after my race, she actually purposely made the appointment so that it was a few days after my race. And she commented that she saw like pure joy on my face. And, and it was true. It, it doesn't matter that like I was a bit sore or that I had to like work weird hours to like sneak in a lunch break run or whatever. Like I did a thing. Like I did a thing even though people said she's probably never gonna be able to do those things. You know, I had seizures when I was a kid. They they said a lot of weird fucked up shit that I would never be able to do. I have MS. Mentally, I'm kind of a hot mess. Um, 
so yeah, it was funny when I had to write down these answers, I, I literally said, I think I just kind of do this out of spite. Um, cause I always want to survive. I spent all my life trying to survive. I think that's what, what gets me so into like apocalypse movies and like real life survival stories and like true crime and things like that. People who survived like serial killers and stuff like that. It was just like, <sighs> I get the mentality of that. Having to survive chaos. And everyone has their own version of chaos. My chaos doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't mean that it's necessarily worse than your chaos. You know, but I always think that having some kind of fitness doesn't matter what it is. You don't have to be a runner. To be a hiker. Oh, at this race, they had people doing that rucking. There was a whole team of ruckers walking around with these fucking backpacks. That I don't even know how. I should have asked them at some point, but I was too busy, like, focused on what I was doing. But they're walking around with these backpacks full of, like, weights and shit, walking the half marathon. Like, that's so badass. A lot of these guys are, like, and gals. You know, they're, they're former military using this to help themselves and their brothers and sisters. You know, maybe you really get into yoga. You know, you get into something, jump and rope. I don't know, there's a racquetball thing, squash, pickleball, whatever. Find something, tennis, it's probably, probably was the easiest one to think of, but you know, golf. Find a thing just to help your, your mental health, your emotional well-being and things like that. And just go with it. But also don't be too hard on yourself. My goal next time is to beat my time by 15 minutes. That's it. That's it. I'm not doing anything grandiose. 15 minutes. That 15 minutes probably could have been saved by my stupid meltdown about not being able to find my damn phone or thinking that I flushed it down or dropped it down a porta potty. Um, but I did buy a new phone holder <laughs> so I could fucking see my phone. Cause this one was like one that you put in a zipper and it's like a sleeve, but this one is like, my phone is out there so I can physically see it. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to give you an update on that. Um, I really appreciate all you guys that were super supportive, uh, during this, um, my wife waking up dumb early driving me there and driving me back, dealing with my shitty attitude when I would just get annoyed. Um, she's really great at that because sometimes I just get, you know, snappy. I mean, I did just run like 13 miles, um, but she doesn't hold it against me. So I appreciate that. So um, I wanted to say thanks to all you guys. And, you know, I'm gonna be doing some true life survival stories soon. If you haven't noticed the name of the podcast, I decided to just go with apocalypse fitness because I just feel like there's only so many apocalypse movies I can do that are worth doing. There are some really shitty movies out there that I'm not willing to mess around with, but there's a lot of movies out there about people who really survived some stuff. And some of them were athletes and some of them weren't. And I think it'd be really good if we delved into that kind of stuff. So I wanted to reach out, say thanks to you guys for your support. Um, hit me up on Instagram and the Facebook page. It's uh, Apocalypse Fitness, the Facebook, um, Apocalypse Fitness on Instagram, 
patreon.com slash apocalypse fitness if you feel like donating and go pick something to give it a try and don't be so hard on yourself all right bye friends